Welcome to Talking Biotech, the podcast dedicated to exploring the latest advancements in biotechnology, sponsored by Calabra, the R&D software that accelerates scientific discovery with AI. Each week, we'll dive into the latest innovations and discoveries with industry leaders and pioneers. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Fulta. Hello and welcome to the Talking Biotech podcast. It's the weekly podcast about agriculture and medicine with an emphasis on biotechnology with the good things it can do for the people and the planet. My name is Modesta Abugu. I'm a graduate student at the Department of Horticultural Sciences, University of Florida. I'm happy to be hosting yet another episode of this very important podcast and to continue this great tradition of communicating biotech innovation going on in different parts of the world. Our guest is Dr. Chiedoze Egesi. He is the project director for the next-gen cassava breeding project, and he is also a senior scientist at the International Institute of Tropical Agriculture, IITA, in Ibadan, Nigeria. He is also an adjunct professor of plant breeding and genetics at Cornell University. Welcome, Dr. Egesi. Hi, thank you, Modesta. I'm pleased to join you today. You are a famous cassava researcher, and I've read so much about your work. And for this podcast, we would like to know a little bit about cassava. What is this crop called, cassava? Cassava is a very important food crop. Um, It's an important staple for many African uh, African countries, especially sub-Saharan Africa. Um, globally, about nearly one, okay, let me say 800 million people depend on cassava for their food. And in some parts of Africa, it is very important because the, the roots are very valuable food and the leaves also provide nutrition for people. So cassava... You know, cassava can be processed and, you know, prepared as food in different ways. But the interesting thing about cassava is the food security value that where other crops fail because of conflict or climate change, cassava stands up to save, you know, the situation, to save the day. So cassava is very important food for Africans, but it's not only a food crop. It's becoming a, an important cash crop. You know, on a per hectare basis, um, cassava is a highest yield of starch per unit area and um, like I usually will say a, a country a country a developing country like a tropical country like Nigeria or Ghana or even Uganda Tanzania can really depend they, they can make their economy to be dependent on cassava and they will be very fine mm. it, it, it's obvious that this crop is very important economically and nutritionally so um, where is it usually grown is it all over Africa or in Nigeria or what specific country is it grown? No, like in, in the, within the 16th and 17th century, uh, cassava was introduced by Portuguese traders to um, Eastern and Western Africa. So it is grown all over Sub-Saharan Africa and it, it can really grow whether the very dry areas or also the very wet areas so so it, it spans between the Sahel to the very tropical rainforest so it can grow anywhere 
So the African farmers that grow cassava, are they majorly smallholder farmers, so they also have commercial farming. Yes, I mean, even farmers generally in Africa are smallholders mm-hmm. who, who don't have access to the best of tools, best of seeds, best of uh, growing pews that they need to grow their food. But yet, um, Africa depends on them to feed them. So, I mean, they may not have the best of technologies, but they are the ones that are sustaining Africa to a point. They only need good technologies to be able to stay and be competitive. Yeah, you know, you, you've talked so much about how important cassava is for Africans. So is it usually expected? Do people outside Africa also use it? Um, if you go to Asia, um, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, they produce a lot of cassava, but they rarely eat it or they don't even eat it. They convert them to, is is used for industrial raw material, starch or flour or animal feed. Um, so China is also interested in cassava pellets and uh, starch. They're asking Africans to supply them. And that's a really huge opportunity that is waiting, but is not used because Africans consume almost 90 or 95% of the produce. And I, 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 is, the reason is because the production is below par. Um, in, in, in Asia, you have like uh, uh, 20, 20 tons per hectare production by farmers, while Africa is like half or less than half of that, 8 to 10 and we're, we're, our job is to make that to make that shift to make that to bring about that change. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 bring me to my next question, which is going to be the barriers to cassava production. What is what are the challenges that African farmers face when producing cassava? So, because cassava is produced from the planting, the planting material is the seed. Like the stem is what you cut into pieces and replant. Um, it has a tendency to accumulate a lot of diseases. So one of the important diseases is viral, a group of viral diseases. There are two, basically. Um, cassava brown streak disease or ravaging production in East Africa, South Africa, and even Central Africa. Um, not yet in West Africa, uh, fortunately, but we are not sleeping. We're trying to make sure we, we, we're ready in case it gets into West Africa. Then there's cassava mosaic disease. Those two are real killers. But the other um, constraints that are not necessarily um, diseases, like um, cassava can do well where you have marginal environment, where you don't have a lot of uh, resources to support it. But if, it, if, you, if you provide resources, if you provide inputs, Oh, cassava gives you a response to to fertilizer, um, you know, good land. So, so, so those are issues. Then the market is also a big deal for the farmer. Um, you know, cassava is perishable; is a root crop. So, out of the root, seventy um, percent is water, wastewater. So, we need to increase the yield to make it. But other things cause the yield to be low: diseases, lack of farming pews or growing pews. So, they're all a vicious cycle that we're trying to break and make um, cassava more productive for the African farmer. Mm. When coming to um, the diseases that affect cassava, you talked about the cassava mosaic virus. How much does this threaten its production in Africa? 
um, mosaic disease is all over Africa. Okay. Um, the other one I mentioned is still not in West Africa. So um, people lose billions of dollars every year because of cassava mosaic disease. Um, it hinders growth. When it, when you grow susceptible varieties, you practically don't get any yield at all. Um, for the other viral disease, when when uh, the brown streak, even when it produces, it's the roots are rotten. Um, so 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 you may have yield, but the yield has no value. So and and this is discouraging for farmers. And we want to make sure that we are able to get more resistant lines or clones of this uh, of, of cassava varieties that will be resistant to this disease so that farmers can have a way around it. You know, I've seen lots of pictures of this damages to cassava and it's almost like the whole tuber is rotten and turned brown. So it's very, it's a very serious disease, which I know that it's it's very important and a, a, a big time threat against uh, food security in Africa. Well, um, we'll be going on break shortly, and we are still talking with Dr. Egezi Chidozie. He's the project manager for the Next Gen Cassava Reading Project, and we'll be back just in a moment. Hello, Talking Biotech listeners. Last week, almost immediately after the episode went live, things started to change. In the days after the last episode, I met with my university's administration, and in short, I likely will be allowed to continue hosting the Talking Biotech podcast. The paperwork has been submitted, and it will be allowed to be continued with zero university affiliation, as it always was. At least not my university. I did have offers from faculty in other places, from Switzerland to Colorado to Israel, offering to host and produce the podcast. So it was great to feel some love. And there is going to be a hiatus, a gap in the series. Then this week, the wonderful Modesta Bugu drops three interviews into the inbox. (laughs) I was so happy and you couldn't wipe the smile off my face. I am so grateful to her. So thank you, Modesta. You're the besta. (laughs) But we're not out of the woods yet. If I come back, we'll likely have to monetize this venture to raise funds to hire someone to do production and the website, advertise elsewhere, promote this thing in social media. I'd like to do more kinds of media and expand this audience. So that's the plan. We're at a watershed. And I learned an important lesson that I teach all the time, but then failed my own test. Don't quit. I did, and it was a mistake. Even if my institution told me to quit, I should have dialed it up, done more outreach, not less. This is a positive and worthwhile venture, and that is important, and it represents a beautiful archive. And the acceptance of these technologies is changing. It's fun to think that maybe this series might have contributed a little bit to that change. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all the kind support. Thank you for everything. Follow Modesta on Twitter. Send her a note for being so wonderful. And let's hope there's no more big surprises as we try to move this podcast forward into the future. And now we are back on the Talking Biotech podcast where we've been speaking with Dr. Egesi Chedozie. He's the project director on 
next-gen cassava breeding project, and he's also an adjunct professor at the Department of Plant Breeding and Genetics in Cornell University, and a senior scientist at the International Institute of Tropical Agriculture in Ibadan, Nigeria. So um, let's come down to um, talking about this cassava. You mentioned a lot of diseases that affect cassava and all of other production barriers that it goes through. Is there any biotechnology innovation in cassava? Yes, there are biotechnology innovations going around, um, going on around Africa. Um, one of them is aimed at um, addressing the, the viral diseases we've been talking about, the brown streak disease, the, even the mosaic disease, but especially the brown streak disease. Um, so we also have others that are aimed at the nutrition. So cassava can provide you the recommended or the required energy your body needs, 80% of that, but not lacking in essential minerals and vitamins. So, so there are some interventions through biotechnology to increase the iron and zinc content of the roots. Um, and there are some other interventions aimed at increasing the photosynthetic efficiency of the plant to make the plant to grow, to, to provide very high yield within a short time. So those are major uh, uh, things that are happening for cassava. There are others, but these are the key ones I can call out, remember now. Is um, at those innovations, are they what the next-gen cassava project is focused on? Not at all. Okay. Um, I, I, next-gen cassava is not using um, the core biotechnology like we know it, but it's using genomic resources. Okay. And um, so, But in my past, like five, ten years ago, I was working with this team that was using um, biotechnology and the GM technology to improve cassava. But, but we still associate because we work as a community of cassava researchers addressing the same um, audience. We have the same, uh, sorry, the same target, the, the, the smallholder farmers in, in, in Africa are our clients. So we work together to strengthen each other, exchange ideas and knowledge. Have any of these um, this, uh, varieties that, that was developed using biotech has any of it been um, released to farmers? No, not yet, but we are getting close to that. In East Africa, Uganda and Kenya specifically, we, we are getting close to um, we're getting close to doing regulatory trials, especially in Kenya uh, and also um, in Rwanda, our partners are doing that. Um, but in many other African countries, those um, biotech uh, products have not been released, but a lot of scientific um, experiments are going on, trials, field trials for biotech-produced uh, cassava. And those are also farmers' field trials? Yes, yeah, some are farmer fields, some are still um, in the research center okay. where it's uh, confined. At the trial stage, the farmers that have been involved in the, res the trial, what have been their response to, you know, seeing the impact that the um, improved cassava is making? Of course, um, a lot of discussion and engagement of farmers is, ha is happening. Um, for example, the farmers see the results that we have in Kenya and in Uganda about resistant uh, 
varieties that were produced through through biotechnology uh, to brown streaks. So they see it. Seeing is believing. So you don't tell them stories. They join in the harvesting. They see that. They see also the check, the susceptible checks. So it's not like it's, it's, it's black and white to them. You don't tell any story. They come. They participate in harvesting. They see that it is working. And so they, they're asking you, when will it be available to them? But I mean, we need to say it louder so that their governments will hear their voices and be able to respond to the requests coming from their farmers. Well, invariably, there are some ch- the difficulties with getting these varieties released for farmers. Is it like a, a government policy or a bureaucratic procedure? Or- um, Maybe before now, yes, but uh, in the last one month or one and a half months, Africa, the news in Africa is very positive and uh, is is very, very um, encouraging the news we're getting from Africa concerning biotech crops. So um, so I think it's encouraging that Nigeria has uh, already released a food crop for farmers and for consumers like a, a BT cowpea. Um, Kenya followed suit, even South Africa. Um, and other countries are beginning to open up to it. If Nigeria could get it, why don't they? I know the farmers are making the request. So I think in the next one year, we are in for interesting times. People are going to make um, requests and uh, people are going to see new things happening around the biotech um, world, especially with regard to Africa. Yeah, it's amazing that Nigeria has been able to at least... Um, release the BT cowpea and that has opened way for a, a lot of other crops. So maybe very soon we'll be seeing uh, genetically modified cassava in the market. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> We're looking forward to that day. Yes. Um, so how impactful will growing uh, um, the modified cassava, how will, how will it be for African farmers? Would that be sustainable? I mean, cassava is a crop even 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 the 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 developers of the technology for um gm biotech cassava uh uh um, not for profit so this is charity this is humanitarian but we want to also make sure that farmers who grow it can get money so so i i believe it's sustainable i believe the impact will show when the farmers grow and they don't see diseases or when we begin to eat um biofortified cassava and we begin to see the impact in our populations i think um that will speak for itself this is a free market people will be able to grow what they want but people will also be able to see the impact of the choices they make right yeah that is that is so true because for biofortification of cassava for example that is for targeted at improving the vitamin a content and we know millions of children in africa who suffered through malnourishment because of lack of vitamins and the minerals they need. So it it is so true that this will be very impactful for a lot of people, especially the growing children in Africa. Can you tell us some more about the Next Gen Cassava project and how how impactful would that be for African farmers? Thank you. So um, Next Gen Cassava Breeding Project is a breeding project aimed at... um, modernizing cassava breeding so that we we will not be using tools that are like outdated cutting age how how does a seed company um do their breeding program can we do that in africa for cassava so that we will 
accelerate the rate of genetic gain, or in other words, accelerate the time it takes to give the to get to the farmers, improve varieties that are of better value than what they are growing, and so that's what the project is doing. We are building capacities of um, of the breeding programs in Nigeria, in in Uganda, in in Tanzania. And we're also extending it to other countries where we call, have a community of practice like Rwanda, Mozambique, Cote d'Ivoire, Sierra Leone, um, Ghana. We are in Zambia. So, so we're working with all these countries, even in Kenya, we're working with all these countries to make the breeders stronger. So it doesn't matter whether you're working for an African National Research Center or the international CG centers. We are building up so that people grow together, support one another to be able to support their farmers in a sustainable manner. Um, how does a breeding company make profit? when they produce they produce at low cost to be able to maximize the you know resources available to them that is what we're trying to do and that is what we've started doing in in the african breeding programs but we have collaboration from brazil and brapa colombia and even in germany and in the united states so we're working like a global community to develop the best bed varieties for farmers also to develop a breeding capacity for the researchers and then be able to align them to the seed system, which does not exist. I'm not going to get into that today, but seed system for cassava to make it a sustainable venture. That is what NextGen is about. And um, we are using the power of genomics research. So it's a genomics-assisted breeding effort that we are running, genomic selection. And um, we are using um, a Pan-African panel of um, cassava varieties that are about 7,000 to run this program. And um, we've made progress and we are hoping that in the next one year, we will have varieties released to farmers. But I want to add that in the in, in the past two, three years, we've, we've been able to show that we can shorten the breeding cycle for cassava. We've been able to incorporate um, the, the the component of gender into breeding. So we have a cassava, a, a, a gender responsive cassava breeding system is what we are running now. That is a lot of information and very vital knowledge that I, I will just gained about the Next Gen Cassava Project. If anyone wants to learn about this project, because I'm sure you still have a lot to talk about, well, because we don't have so much time to talk extensively about the project. Is there a website or a social media account they could visit to learn more about the project? Yes, um, you can go to our website, nextgencassava.org next gen because it's next generation cassava next gen cassava.org one word um and you'll see the rest of the social media handles there but we have a blog site there too and all the things and you can write me um my email is also in the web page that you can get thank you very much that is so interesting thank you so much for sharing this amazing insight into cassava breeding in africa i bet a lot of people did not know about this crop before now and this is an eye-opening information that we have gained from this podcast thank you dr egesi for giving us this insightful information on the next gen cassava breeding project and thank you listeners for following the talking biotech podcast Please help by writing a review on iTunes or share this episode over your social media networks. Your reviews, 
comments and suggestions help us to share the science better. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Talking Biotech podcast. Send your suggestions for guests, comments, or questions to talkingbiotech at gmail.com. Please write a review of this podcast on iTunes and recommend it to a friend. More downloads help us reach a wider audience with science. You've been listening to Talking Biotech, sponsored by Calabra, the platform that bridges the gap between siloed research tools. With Calabra's electronic lab notebook, scientists can work together in real time, sharing data and insights with ease. Revolutionize your research collaboration. Sign up for a demo today at calabra.app, C-O-L-A-B-R-A dot A-P-P.